Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He rends the Old Testament. The majestic epistle is recorded in Revelation chapter 12, beginning verse 1. The woman and the dragon. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule over the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 12, beginning verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He rends the Holy Gospel. Today is like Christmas morning. So all the little peoples can come up under the missing Christmas tree. Maybe all three of them. No, there's more. We do have a Christmas tree downstairs. But that was left over from vacation Bible school. So... What's the best thing about Christmas? Now, be honest. What's the best thing about Christmas? Be honest. Deepen your heart. What's the best thing about Christmas? Nobody knows, apparently. How about that? No? I'll bet you get up early in the morning on Christmas because of this, right? How many people get up early in the morning on Christmas Day to go to church? That's about right. Kind of a handful. Because what's more important? Presents? 
relatives, big Christmas party, big meal, fun, presents, right? Now, way back when somebody in Europe decided to make Christmas more interesting and they had big socks like that. Then they started making them pretty. It all depended how you were, whether you got a certain present or not. What kids liked to get was, anybody want to guess? What? More socks? Oh. Uh, do that next Christmas, Mom. More socks. Candy? Candy's a modern thing. Fruit. They thought it was really cool to get an apple in Christmas. Or, later on, when they discovered them, to get an orange. Wow. By the way, this is not real. It's petrified wood. Now, that would only happen according to the Christmas custom if you were a good little boy or girl. Now, does that somehow sound a bit bad to you? Who gets good things? Good little boys and girls. If you were a bad little boy and girl, based on your merits, does anybody know what you could expect in your sock? Coal. Right. Now, this is actual coal from the Illinois Central Railroad. It fell off, by the way. I'd be careful, I get dirty. Oh, I'm dirty already. Actual coal. What's this good for? A fire. You know why they like that as a good picture for bad little boys and girls to get a lump of coal? Because coal was supposed to make them think of fire and staying warm? No. Think of a fire that's a little too warm. It's a place beginning in, with H and ending in L. How's that? Hell. That's right. So they'd get their lumps of coal and throw it into the fireplace and watch it burn nice and brightly. And that was supposed to be a warning. Now, isn't this a terrible thing? Do you learn anything about Jesus from those kind of gifts? And the gifts are based on your goodness or badness, that's simply terrible. So you don't get this kind of junk, do you, in your stocking? What do you want? Presents. And what do you, what do, you do before Christmas? You shake them to figure out what's in there? Go ahead, shake it. There's nothing in there. That's right. All the earthly gifts that you think you want, they're really empty. There's nothing in there for your soul or your heart. Nothing with earthly gifts increases your faith in Jesus at all. The gift of Christmas is none of these things. The gift of Christmas isn't earned. It's not by how good you are. The gift of Christmas is... 
That's right. Not Jesus in a cradle, not Jesus held by Mary, but it's Jesus who's dying on a cross. That's God's gift to us because it brings you forgiveness. You have peace with God and one another. And finally, eternal life. That's actually the whole point of Christmas. The Savior comes in the flesh so he can pay for your sins and of all the world. That's not as exciting maybe as toys, but eternally it certainly is. Okay, you can go back again. Let's see if you ask for different things next year. And maybe not socks. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. If I was green, and I wore this, what very popular show would that remind you of? There's a song about it. The first words are, You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Everybody knows about Grinch? Okay. What did he do to the people, the children of Whoville? He got up early and did what to the poor town? He stole all the gifts. He robbed them blind. The Grinch stole Christmas. Our American culture has done that to the Christian church. Kids grow up not looking at the main event, which is Jesus, the Son of God, coming in the flesh to suffer and die for their sins and giving them eternal life. But our culture is a Grinch who steals all that away. And much of what we celebrate, very happily, I might add, is nothing but emptiness and darkness. There are children today that know what Christmas is. No, actually, they have no concept of what Christmas is. They don't even know how they got the funny name. But if you take the Christ out of Christmas, you just have a mess. A mess. Emptiness. With our text today, we're reminded of the important aspects of how Jesus, the Son of God, comes to be into this world. Notice his purpose is not to come and give us goodies. That's one of the chief tenets of a lot of churches in this day and age. You get to be a Christian, you get goodies. But if you have that kind of an expectation and hope, you've been grinched. You've been robbed. That's not the purpose for which he came. In the Gospel of John, it's very clear that the people wanted really basic things. They weren't too greedy. They were happy if Jesus would continue to give them free health care and give them free bread. And basically watch out for all their simple needs of life. They had been grinched. That's not the purpose for which Jesus came. Mary is a key figure in the coming of Christ Jesus, which is what we want to look at a little more carefully. Couldn't the Son of God just suddenly appeared? Wouldn't that have been a whole lot easier? Some rabbis, in fact, expected that the Messiah would come full-grown and that he would come and destroy all the enemies of Israel. Then happy days will soon be here. 
but they missed the point. That Old Testament passage from Isaiah chapter 7 really explains why Mary, who is actually betrothed to Joseph and therefore legally his wife, how she makes the astounding change of heart from looking forward to her marriage to Joseph to submitting to God's will and suddenly, by the Spirit's activity, being pregnant. I thought for this morning I could bring out my famous rock and throw it one more time in this congregation. But a trustee told me long ago that I really shouldn't be throwing big rocks off the pulpit because it might mar up the furniture. What Mary faced by agreeing that she would be the Lord's handmaiden, servant, and agreeing that she would become pregnant with a child that was not Joseph's was a death sentence. Mary, however, was willing, if it had to be, that she was willing to die for the birth of this child. The, the angel never promised that she would live, just that she would give birth to a child. And humanly speaking, it looked rather bad. The Gospels tell us that at a certain point, she, after the Annunciation, left. Suddenly, unexpectedly, we're told to see her cousin Elizabeth. But Joseph didn't know it. It looked like she was just, as they say, getting out of Dodge, escaping. The Gospels also tell us that at a certain point, quote, she was found to be with child. She was found out. The typical flowing clothes no longer concealed the pregnancy, and it became the talk of Nazareth. And poor Joseph, he knew he was not responsible for this thing, even though some people may have pointed to him and maybe snickered a little bit that he couldn't wait. But he knew otherwise. This child was not his, therefore what? Mary is guilty of adultery. What was difficult for Joseph was, according to Luke's account, he loved her very much. He didn't want to harm her. Yet he was a righteous and pious man who wanted to follow the letter of the law, which would have meant he would have had to renounce her publicly as an adulteress. He would have been required to be the first one to throw the heavy stone directly at her. And they would follow the other. I tell this terrible story because Christmas happens because Mary had such great faith that she was willing to die, if necessary, that this child be born. You don't wake up on Christmas morning saying to yourself, well, Maybe I could die today as a martyr for Jesus this fine Christmas morning. No one thinks that way. There are, in fact, a number of ancient Christian martyrs who, in fact, did die on Christmas. They were discovered to be followers of this Jesus. They were arrested and by various means put to death for this faith in Mary's child, the Son of God. 
Now, this seems all backwards, doesn't it? Christmas is where you're supposed to be getting stuff and gifts. You're to be the one who's to be happy and glad. With this picture, and I ask again, who is willing to die for Jesus on Christmas? How many of us would honestly say, I'll do it? Yet, what could be the greatest thing in the world? It's not the gifts you get. It's the gifts you give. If you on a Christmas morning, and even throughout the day, emphasize the most important thing, as the promised Savior in the flesh has come to redeem the world with his suffering and death on the cross, if that's the main thing you're concerned about, and you want to tell other people about that on Easter, even if some of the friends and neighbors and relatives might think you're off your rocker, but if you're willing to do that, to go through some discomfort on Christmas morning, you'll be following in the footsteps of Mary herself. We should, of course, remember that Mary is God's servant. She's a humble slave girl, literally. She does this thing because she trusts in God's word, the promise of the Messiah. We do not pray to her. That's idolatry. She is not some sort of mediator between heaven and earth, as they thought in the Middle Ages. Mary, right now, is in the greatest situation of splendid happiness and joy. She's not some sort of demigod up there, as though we're not good enough to talk to God directly. But of course we aren't, but her child, Jesus, is the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So we go to Christ for all of our needs. Mary does not die, at least by the hand of her husband. Joseph is the other part of this story that we can't leave out. The angel comes to him and explains the situation, and he has the astounding faith to believe that it's the Spirit's activity that his wife is now pregnant, and that this child is the promised Messiah. Faith in God's promises of salvation are the key. Faith in the Christmas promises is what makes Christmas joyful, but not in the earthly sort of way. The Son of God comes to you, willing to die for you. He comes by way of his mother Mary, who is also willing to die for the sake of this Christmas good news. And as you consider the importance of the eternity that goes out before us and the gifts that have no end, not only in heaven but also in a new creation, we too joyfully give our lives to our Lord Jesus, following that wondrous example of the Virgin Mary. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.